This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. Breaking Bad. Batman. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. The Crown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Series podcast, episode 29, where we talk about television. It is 9.15 p.m. on August 22nd, 2022. Here to join me today for this episode, I have Nadia Dalamante. Hello, everyone. Zoe Rose Bryant. Hello, hello. And Sarah Clements. Hello. Hello, ladies. Time to dive into some television so that this way we can deliver our predictions for what we think is going to win at this year's Primetime Emmy Awards. We're going to be uh, giving our predictions for what is going to be announced for the Primetime Emmy Awards, not for the Creative Arts Emmy Awards. So... Here's another little caveat on top of that. At the time of this recording, we are doing this, I think, maybe a little too early. I don't know. Because then you would turn around and say to me, well, Matt, why don't you wait until the Creative Arts Emmys are over, then do the recording for the Primetime Emmy Awards, because then at least we would know what has won editing and casting, and we can make a better informed decision for our predictions. And the answer to that is, well... They decided to have the Emmys right smack dab in the middle of the Fall Film Festival, so I can't help you with that. (laughs) So from a scheduling standpoint, this made the most sense because as of this recording right now, and of course, by the time this posts, voting on the winners will officially be over. So our podcast is not going to sway anyone's decision making with their ballots or anything like that at all. Everything will have been turned in by that point. So, yes, we will not have the Creative Arts Emmys to influence our picks. What I will say, though, is that we will be posting our final predictions on the website after the Creative Arts Emmy Awards. So if anyone here has a change of heart after the Creative Arts Emmy Awards are announced, then we reserve the right to do so. So until then, are you all ready? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. So much reserved confidence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have quite a few categories to get through here. And normally I would start off by asking everyone what they've been watching on television lately. I think we can save that for another conversation because I do think that we are going to be here for quite a bit debating over these categories. So let's just get started here. We're going to start off with Outstanding Writing for a Variety Special. Our nominees in this category are... Ali Wong, Dong Wong, uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah Presents, Jordan Klepper Fingers the Globe, Hungary for Democracy, Gerard Carmichael for Rathaniel, 
Nicole Byer, BBW, Big Beautiful Weirdo, and Norm McDonald for Nothing Special. So, Nadia, who do you have winning this category? I have Norm McDonald winning. Sarah? Same, Nadia. <laughs> Zoe? <laughs> oh, Canada. Anyway. <laughs> so, I have Gerard Carmichael for Nathaniel. I do think it is between these two. You know, Norm McDonald did win the HCA. Uh, award recently and there has been a lot of buzz around the Gerard Carmichael special so I am very torn here yeah my thought process behind it because I'm between these two as well um, is that since Rathaniel was snubbed in the variety special category that this will be the area to honor him because I do think the Emmys like to spread the love a little bit more than the Oscars um and I think Norm McDonald will probably win the main variety special category. And this is kind of a way to then give Gerard Carmichael his time to shine. You know what? I'll split the vote with you on that one. Sure. I'll do that. That's a good, that's a compelling enough reason for me too. Although I don't know if I agree with you that they do like to spread the love, especially like in recent years, I do feel like they tend to go all in with certain shows and they almost make you, think that they haven't watched all of the nominees then you know what i mean i i think on occasion there can be certain shows or situations where that happens but i i do come back to like last year when michaela cole won writing for a miniseries sure i could have easily seen that go to the queen's gambit or mayor of east town but she had a really compelling narrative and perspective on her own that voters wanted to award and i think that rathaniel which is also gerard carmichael's coming out special kind of has that going for it as well. You're voting kind of support that in his narrative too. Okay. Let's move over to outstanding writing for limited or anthology series or movie. We have dope sick, the people versus Purdue pharma, the dropout. I'm in a hurry impeachment, American crime story, manhandled made snaps station 11 unbroken circle and the white Lotus. Sarah, who are you going with for this one? The White Lotus. Mike White. Okay, Zoe? The White Lotus. Nadia? The White Lotus. Oh, boy. Do I want to rock the boat here? (laughs) I think not. I, too, am going to probably... Well, maybe I might rock the boat a little bit. I don't know. Uh, Guys, listen, no. Dope sick. Anybody want to entertain the idea? I think if dope sick is going to upset in a major miniseries category... I think it's another one we'll talk about soon. So mm-hmm. I do have, yes. But I think that The White Lotus is its writing. I think if you love that show, it's like mainly for the writing and the performances. But like Mike White's writing makes that show as great as it is. So I think it's kind of hard to like divorce your favorability for the show from this category. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Zoe there. I think the writing is just stellar and it's the star of that show. I do think, I mean, I do have Dopesick as my runner-up, mm-hmm. so I think it is a possibility, but just given the insane amounts of nominations The White Lotus has had, and writing being one of the biggest, if not the biggest draw, I can't see it losing this one. Oh, what to do, what to do, what to do here. All right. I, will, I too, will go with White Lotus. Even though I really do think that this could be a situation where do you guys recall 
when we headed into um, the year of Chernobyl versus when they see us. And we were expecting there to be like more of like a even split between the shows and Chernobyl just took everything. I'm feeling that way this year between these two limited series. The only problem is that I keep going back and forth between which one of the two is going to be the one that ends up taking the majority of the categories. (laughs) So we'll see. Let's keep moving on here. Next up, we're continuing with writing. We're going to do outstanding writing for a drama series. Better Call Saul, Plan and Execution, Ozark, A Hard Way to Go, Severance, The Way We Are, Squid Game, One Lucky Day, Succession, All the Bells Say, Yellow Jackets, F Sharp, and Yellow Jackets, Pilot. Zoe, which one are you going with for your pick? I'm going with Succession, All the Bells Say. It does feel almost like the Jon Stewart of this category. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where it's just going to like keep winning every single time it's nominated sort of thing. Now that the precedent's been set with the first two seasons. But let's let's hear from the others. Nadia, what do you think? I also have Succession. I, you know, already has a couple wins in this category. The writing is beloved. Having said that, I do see a world where Severance mm-hmm. might surprise. Sarah? Yeah, I have severance. <laughs> okay. Because um, I'm like one of the few people that isn't really into succession. So this is where everyone's going to judge me for my predictions. But I'm a severance champion. So let me. All right. So let me just get this straight. <laughs> You're a vote with your heart person. I am. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what do you really think is going to win, Sarah? Come on. Let's dig a little. Let's dig deep here. Probably succession. But like. <laughs> You know, I try and manifest it. You know, I gotta manifest the severance sweep. It's so good. I don't believe in such things. That's I like, will. why is she on this podcast? <laughs> no, we love you. Come on. I will say, I do not see the severance finale going home empty-handed. I'm just between this category and directing about which one it will take. And right now I'm leaning towards the latter. But it's tough. Yeah, that's fair. So here's my hang up with Severance, and I feel this way often with new shows, is I am wondering, is this going to be the show where they're going to reward it out of the gate early? Or is it the show where it'll take them a few years to catch up to the fact that the show is amazing and they should reward it? I mean, case in point, Better Call Saul, final season just wrapped up, never won an Emmy Award. I would say with Severance, the one thing in its corner right now is that it premiered really early in the year and gradually built up insane word of mouth. Like, I don't think I started watching it until two or three months after it had first premiered. And like then over the course of the summer, everybody started getting into it. And then it really overperformed with nominations. It got like four acting nominations. It got the directing, writing, everything. And so I think that it is at a point, especially during this voting period, where its popularity is very high. Um, I don't think it's going to like upset something in like maybe drama series, but I could definitely see it take a writing or directing as a consolation prize right now, kind of like yeah. Succession's first season. Yeah, no. I, and to be clear, I do think that uh, Severance is probably number two in this category, Succession. I just feel like succession with writing is one of those things now where it's almost like Mad Men. Mm -hmm. 
Remember like how many times Mad Men just kept on winning? Yeah. And I, I think the logic that I use for the White Lotus kind of works here is that if you love Succession, it is so much for the writing. Like you can just yeah. quote it endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel very similar about it. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Let's move over to uh, comedy. And before I do, I wanted to say I apologize. I recognize that Severance's title is The We We Are, not The Way We Are. So I, I missaid that earlier. Uh, outstanding writing for a comedy series. We have Abbott Elementary for Pilot, Barry 710N, Barry Starring Now, Hacks the One, The Only, Only Murders in the Building, True Crime, Ted Lasso, No Weddings, and a Funeral, What We Do in the Shadows, The Casino, and What We Do in the Shadows, The Wellness Center. Okay, Nadia. Well, this is a tough one considering we have a couple big already Emmy favorites here with Ted Lasso and Hacks, but my gut, if it's worth anything, is going to Abbott Elementary for winning this. So I've been going back and forth for weeks now because I feel in my bones that Abbott Elementary has to win something somewhere and I don't think it's winning series and it's not up for directing. With that said, Sarah, what do you have? Abbott Elementary. Zoe? I also have Abbott Elementary. And that's where I'm leaning to, but... Man, do I recognize that Hacks is really strong in this in this category. Hacks is insanely well written, and the finale, which is the one it's nominated for, is by far and away, I think, the best episode of this latest season. But they did just win directing and writing last year. So I, I think they're like the impetus to award them might be a little less this time around. And with Quinta specifically, you know, this award will go right to her. And I think this is a way to honor not just this episode, but like everything she created with Abbott. And that show's just become such a phenomenon and everyone loves it and the characters. And I, I totally agree with you that it has to get something and specifically her. And I think that regard, regardless of what happens elsewhere, this is like such an easy layup for her. What about the possibility of Ted Lasso? Because unlike last year, where it had multiple episodes nominated this year, it only has the one. Mm-hmm. So no vote splitting. I, that is my third. Um, and I do think that's a very well-written episode, too. I, I just think there's something about the shows and episodes that were submitted from Hacks and Abbott that keep them above. I think there's, like, additional motivation to vote for them, not just for their quality, but I think there's also, like, a social narrative for both shows as well. Um, and I do think Ted Lasso is probably stronger in its acting categories than writing here but i i will say yeah i totally agree that not having to go up against two other episodes from a show helps its chances significantly you know i i'm starting to think that if what we do in the shadows only had one nomination instead of three last year and two this year i I think it would be closer to a win you know because i just feel like the love is there for that show but i don't think this is the year for it maybe one of these times (laughs) it does seem like it's between these three and if you had asked me earlier on in the season, I would have said only murders in the building. But I just feel like the buzz for that show has died a lot in the months since its initial, you know, launch. So 
Yeah, I, I too am going to land on Abbott Elementary. I, I'm, I'm really surprised and happy that across the board we feel that, you know, this is it. This is going to be a, a win for Quinta Brunson here. I hope it happens. But yeah, I, I would still watch out for Hacks. Hacks is definitely, I think, very, very strong here. Okay. Moving over to directing now. Outstanding directing for a limited or anthology series or movie. We have Dope Sick, The People vs. Purdue Pharma. Dropout Green Juice, The Dropout Iron Sisters, Made Sky Blue, Station Eleven Wheel of Fire, and The White Lotus. Zoe Rose Bryant. Okay, this is the category where I do think um, Danny Strong could win. I think this, beside, because I also think Dope Sick is winning actor, so if they want to award Danny Strong specifically, I think his directing really does stand out in the show, but also in that episode specifically. Um, but I, I, like you were saying with Chernobyl and when, when they see us, I can just as easily see the white Lotus steamroll. Uh, it got way more Emmy nominations than I expected. Yep. And that's why I have Mike white for now, but after creative arts Emmys, um, this is suspect to change. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm leaning this way too. For now, I'm going to say dope sick, but it, I could easily see a world where Creative Arts Emmys, you know, goes with White Lotus for casting, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I just feel compelled to make a last minute switch. But, uh, yeah, for now I'll say dope sick. Nadia? Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the White Lotus, which. For the reason that Zoe just mentioned, which the fact that it got so many nominations, I really think it's going to steamroll through a lot of the limited series categories, including this one. Sarah? Yeah, I flip-flopped between Dope Sick and The White Lotus, but I ended up putting Dope Sick here. But yeah, I agree with Nadia. I think The White Lotus is just getting so many nominations that I could easily kind of win in most of its categories. So it could definitely win here as well. I wonder if there is a it feels like there is an out, outside, like a really, really far outside shot for Station Eleven here. Do you guys think I'm like way off on that assessment or? I like that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like its chances died when it didn't get a miniseries nomination. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It It feels like the type of show when I watched it that would get a directing win as a way like like a like a lone directing win like it wouldn't win anything else but i agree once i missed that drama series nomination like my hopes for that kind of just dashed so i think it also just also comes down to the white lotus winning directing at least for me i just don't think it's objectively the best of the category and anybody else feel any differently about that I see. I'm I'm a maid girl, so I I, I would kind of vote yeah. for maid in like almost every category. It's in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I do agree that I think I think the White Lotus is very well directed, but I I don't think that's its strongest suit. I would say the right and then the performances. So yes. that is why I think it's most vulnerable here. And mm-hmm. I I do think the directing is is very strong and dope sick too, especially with the way it handles a lot of the more emotionally wrenching scenes, which. Yeah, could give it a leg up. So I know maybe I'm talking myself into switching, but I, I don't know. I think I think I'm still sticking with the White Lotus on account of its strength everywhere for now. But we'll see. I'm entering V's in just so you all know. <laughs> Keeping a record. 
<laughs> All right. Outstanding directing for a drama series. We have Ozark, A Hard Way to Go. Severance, the we we are. Got it right this time. Squid Game, Red Light, Green Light. Uh, Succession, All the Bells Say. Succession, The Disruption. Succession, Too Much Birthday. And Yellow Jackets, Pilot. Nadia. Well, I know there's quite a bit of succession here, but I am going with Severance as the winner here. I think so many people were talking about that cliffhanger. And for me, it's kind of similar to what we just kind of touched on earlier. I think succession can only hold its grip for so long. And to me, Emmy voters might want to award the next new best thing in this uh, drama series, which to me is severance. So I'm going with severance. This is an impossible category for me <laughs> because yeah. I want to give it to Karen Kusama. I want to give it to Kathy Han. I want to give it to Lorene Scafaria. I want to give it to Mark Mylod. I want to give it to Jason Bateman. I want to give it to Wang Dong Hayek. I want to give it to all of them. But I'm going to give it to Ben Stiller. I think this is where Severance picks up a win. And I think also, too, it's a great opportunity to get Ben Stiller's face on the television that night. Not saying that that's the reason why they're voting. Uh, I'm just kind of envisioning it in my mind, not in a manifesting way, but it's like something that I could just foresee happening. Zoe, what about you? I I am also between Severance and Squid Game. Um, yeah, but I, I see because I'm I'm kind of taking a spread the love approach with doling out my winners right now, and I think Squid Game is looking pretty good in another category. Um, and I do think that since I'm very pretty confident in succession still dominating writing, that this will be the place to honor severance a lot, like Nadia said, because that cliffhanger was just insane and everybody was talking about it and it was so well executed. And I think it's very memorable and you get to honor a big star and Ben Stiller. So Sarah, I mean, I would love to see squid game win. I think that would be amazing. So it's my second, but I mean, as you probably guessed severance, my number one, that episode was phenomenal. Got me to scream at my television. It's so good. And I was like, did it get renewed? I remember like frantically like typing on my keyboard. And it was like severance, like renewed for season two. I was like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those shows that was like, if it ended and we didn't get like a resolution, I would lose my mind. So hopefully it wins. Now, I'm just saying, if we are in for a succession sweep again, like last year, because it did win director uh, with two nominations last year. And for the episode that people weren't expecting it to win for, might I add. I'm just wondering, if you had to choose one of the three Succession episodes to win, which one do you think would? I'd say between All the Bells Say and Too Much Birthday. Yeah, I would I would probably say All the Bells Say just because again it kind of has that the boost by being the season finale. It was also very memorable cliffhanger of sorts, and I think that would maybe give it a leg up above the others. I don't disagree, but I actually am leaning a little bit more towards Too Much Birthday, actually. Just because that episode to me was so damn memorable. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You have entered into the world of Kendall Roy. <laughs> <laughs> But goddamn, I would love it if it went to Kara Kusama for Yellow Jackets. Uh, see, that's my like my dream win right there. I, I yeah, I just have a hard time seeing it happening. I would love to see it happen, but 
That's why this is like such an impossible category. I would not be upset. Even Jason Bateman for Ozark, like I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's a really good lineup. And I, I think I, too, would love to see Yellow Jackets take one of at least writing or directing. But I'll settle for something else we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Outstanding directing for a comedy series. We have Atlanta, New Jazz, Barry, 710N, Hacks, There Will Be Blood, The Mrs. Pat Show, Baby Daddy, Groundhog Day, Only Murders in the Building, The Boy from 6B. Only Murders in the Building, True Crime, and Ted Lasso, No Weddings and a Funeral. Sarah Clements. My prediction is Ted Lasso. Ooh, okay. Nadia. Ooh, for me, it's really between Ted Lasso and Hacks, and I'm kind of leaning towards Hacks. Okay. Zoe. Um, I think Bill Hader kind of has this with seven. I feel the same way, Zoe. High five. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say there will be blood is my runner up right now. Um, They won last year. I think that's a very well-directed episode. It's the season opener, I believe. Um, But watching seven, 10, and it's just like an insane directorial feat. And I think that because it's so showy, it might just be like undeniable. I feel like there was a real emphasis placed this year on Hater's direction of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the time to honor him in this category will come with season four when he directs every single episode of the season. Mm-hmm. But, man, I got to tell you, I don't think any show this year impressed me more with its direction than Barry. I really like comedy, drama, limited series, doesn't matter. Like, I think. Pound for pound, Barry just blew me away. Yeah, I I really think the direction in Barry is like the most notable of all the comedy series in contention. Um, And I think that honoring this episode is a way of also honoring the show, the season as a whole. So that's kind of also influencing my vote. Yeah, it's a tight category, though, because Hacks is pretty strong competition once again. And this is a category that Ted Lasso did not win last year. So it does make me wonder, oh, can they do it again this year? I know it is. It, and I, I have that same fear in both this and writing um, because I'm switching to new winners this year. But I'm just like, you know, it's a new year. It's a new cycle. There's very strong contenders in the mix or places where they want to honor that show specifically. Hacks will still get its due elsewhere. So, yeah. I kind of get the sense that Bill wants to be recognized as a director. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like most of the interviews that he conducted this year weren't so much about his performance. They were about his direction of the show. Yeah, I I, I get the feeling that's like his next step up in his career. And this is kind of like laying the groundwork for that. So, right. Yeah. And Emmy would go nicely with those goals. <laughs> you know, we might get a feature film out of it, too, at some point. Yeah. Maybe a horror film. Oh, I would like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Outstanding actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. Connie Britton, The White Lotus. Jennifer Coolidge, The White Lotus. Alexandra Daddario, The White Lotus. Caitlin Deaver, Dope Sick. Natasha Rothwell, The White Lotus. Sydney Sweeney, you guessed it, The White Lotus. And Mayor Winningham for Dope Sick. Nadia? If someone from the White Lotus doesn't win, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge for me. I, I mean, 
everyone loves her. Everyone loves her in this role. I think she's a pretty clear favorite here. Don't disagree with her being the clear favorite. The person I would watch out for is Caitlin Deaver for Dope Sec. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to I'm not going to pivot away from you. I think that every time Jennifer Coolidge has been up for an award this year, she's won it. So, yeah, I'm going with her for this as well. Sarah? Jennifer fucking Coolidge. Ayo. I have been thinking about her, like, possible acceptance speech for months. I remember when she showed up (laughs) at the Emmys last year and everyone lost their minds. Like, can Mm -hmm. you imagine if she actually won? (laughs) I agree. Caitlin Deaver is, like, a close second for me. Zoe? Yeah, I also have Jennifer Coolidge, and I've been sure of this, like, star set since she showed up to present at the Emmys last year, and White Lotus was still going. Um, I do think Caitlyn Deaver's a very strong second place, and I became more worried when five White Lotus actresses were nominated. Um, I don't think vote splitting is always a thing when you have a clear favorite from the cast, as Coolidge is. But it's something to discuss and consider because they literally do have five of the seven nominations in this category. Um, and Caitlin Deaver's performance in Dope Sick is just mesmerizing and so devastating. Not to mention, she's been turning in some really good performances across other shows, too, these last couple of years. And I do wonder if people have just like finally caught on to that. Mm-hmm. And you know what it reminds me of a little bit in that regard? It reminds me just a little bit of the final season of Game of Thrones where it had, what, four of its actresses nominated? Yes, yeah. And we all thought, finally, Lena Haiti, let's go. This is it. This is it, right? And then they gave it over to Jennifer, uh, not Jennifer, oh my God, uh, Julia Gardner mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So I, I'm still going with Jennifer Coolidge because like I said, every time she's been up, she's won. So I can't go against that. But if she does lose... I would chalk it up to vote splitting. Mm-hmm. And I and I do, that is the scenario. I just, I was talking with a friend about this the other day and we brought up that same situation. I do think Jennifer is an even bigger front runner than Lena ever was. Like she's like, Jennifer Coolidge is just like everywhere right now. And so I think that when you look at this category and you're voting for it, you're like, oh, this is hers. Like, you know, you just know. But, you know, she's also on season two. So maybe like people could be like, oh, she'll be back and everything. But I don't know. I think what she did in season one was so singular and so much fun that it'll be hard to pass up. All right. Supporting actor in a limited or anthology series or movie. Murray Bartlett, The White Lotus. Jake Lacey, The White Lotus. Will Poulter, Dopesick. Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy. Peter Sarsgaard, Dopesick. Michael Stuhlbarg for Dopesick. Steve Zahn for The White Lotus. Zoe? I'm going with Murray Bartlett. Very similar argument to Jennifer Coolidge, which is every time Murray Bartlett has been up for something, he has won the category. So mm-hmm. I don't feel good going against it. I will say, though, guess who is surprisingly my runner up in this category? Who? Seth Rogen. Mm. I think if anyone stands a chance to upset, it's him. That is fair. Sarah, what about you? I put Murray Bartlett. Nadia? Murray Bartlett for me as well. What do you guys think of my Seth Rogen upset if it were to happen? I I will say the reason I'm so confident in Murray is because he's essentially, in my opinion, I think the protagonist of the show, even though he's in the supporting category, like he is 
kind of like an audience surrogate because he's the normal person dealing with all the rich people's bullshit. Um, and I think that makes him a very sympathetic character, especially considering where he ends up. Um, I will say Pam and Tommy's overperformance did make me raise my eyebrow. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact, I think all of its performers, all three, are very strong contenders in their respective categories. But I think honoring Murray Bartlett is not just honoring his work in this show, but his work throughout his career. You know, he's been a working out gay actor for quite some time. It's a really compelling narrative. His performance is so much fun, so memorable. Um, And I think that for Seth Rogen, the win here is probably the nomination. All righty. Let's move over next now to Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. We have Patricia Arquette for Severance, Julia Garner, Ozark, Ho-Yun Hung for Squid Game, Christina Ritchie for Yellow Jackets, Rhea Seahorn for Better Call Saul, J. Smith Cameron for Succession, Sarah Snook for Succession, and Sydney Sweeney for Euphoria. Nadia, care to take a stab at it? Oh, goodness. I know. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to hear you suffer. <laughs> So I went to you first. Uh, you know, I, I really, initially, I, I can't even say initially because I'm still kind of going back and forth. Julia Garner feels like the safe choice here, just given her work on the final season. But I do see a world in which Ray Horn wins just because the timing, the timing of these episodes from the final season of Better Call Saul being released just as Emmy voting comes to an end. I feel like she's had this incredibly, incredible skyrocketing support towards her and her performance, not just particularly for this season, but I think as a whole, just what she's given to the show. And I am really torn here, Matt. I'm really torn. (laughs) I'm going to make it even harder. I think it's a three-way between... This sounds awful, actually. <laughs> I think it's a three-horse race. <laughs> oh, my God. Between Julia Gardner, Rhea Seahorn, and Sarah Snook. And Sydney Sweeney is, like, looking on in the background, like, hmm, what about me? I was, I was just going to say, I was going to throw sure. another name in the mix. Like, I, I, I think this is really, really tough. Sarah, what, what are you going to do here? Admittedly, I have never seen an episode of Better Call Saul but after reading okay (laughs) don't judge me after reading Nadia's excellent piece on Rhea Seahorn I was like yes I feel like she could definitely like it's about like a it's a about time kind of thing I feel like she could definitely get it yeah you know this is the sort of thing that did help Breaking Bad to finally score big with the Emmys and it's uh fifth season first half of its fifth season because it was uh the emmys were happening when the final episodes of season five were airing and then a year later far removed from that airing they then won again uh so it is possible that we see something similar here however i do not think that the love for better call saul has ever been as strong with the television academy as the love was for breaking bad Mm -hmm. and each year it feels like the nominations for better call saul just keep dropping off even though they still managed to get nominations for best drama series bob odenkirk wasn't nominated last year but he came back this year 
This is Rhea Seahorn's first nomination in the category, despite being like the MVP of the show for so many years. So I don't have the confidence to say her, unfortunately. For me, it's between Sarah Snook for Succession and Julia Gardner for Ozark. And I think that Gardner's work in Ozark in these final episodes in particular, regardless of how you feel about the final season, I really thought that she just completely slayed it. I mean, yeah, she's got some scenes in there that are just soul shaking. And I couldn't believe this. But like, to me, the stuff that she was doing in these final episodes in particular was some of the best work I had seen from her throughout the entire show, which was really saying something considering uh, that character. Now, the way that they wrote her in the final season might play a factor in hurting her. I don't know how pe- how people feel about that. I know I don't necessarily like the way that they, the direction they took her character in for the final couple episodes there, but she's a repeat winner. I think this is a way to honor Ozark on its way out. I'm going with Julia Gardner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was going to say, whatever misgivings someone may have with the writing, I think Julia Garner is such an incredible actress that she rises above them, um, especially in this season. Like, I was skeptical she could go three for three, and then I saw the episodes that she has in contention, and they're the highlight of season four. And she has been the highlight of this entire show, in my opinion. And I still think it's an injustice that Sadie Sink is not here, but since she is not, I have no problem with Julia Garner winning. Though my runner-up right now is Sydney Sweeney, because like Julia Garner, she is a two-time nominee this year. The only other two-time nominee, which shows that there is a tremendous amount of love for her as a performer in the Academy. And she just, like, bodied this performance on euphoria like i don't know any other way to describe it she threw herself into that role it was so memorable she and certain scenes trended every single week on twitter probably the most talked about performer in the show this season and i could totally see her be a zendaya-esque winner and lead actress like she was a couple years ago this year it just it feels like there's something brewing there um maybe not enough to upset the dramatic excellence that is Julia Garner and Ozark, but I am very much keeping an eye on her. Sydney Sweeney just feels very much like that new star that's on the scene that they want to just crown early mm-hmm. to get her career kickstarted to the next level. Yep. It feels like. Yeah. And you know, Euphoria did do extremely well the second season with the Television Academy compared to its first season. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I know. This is a very brutal category. The only thing that's missing would be Sadie Sink. Mm -hmm. And then you really wouldn't know what to do here. (laughs) But man, I also could see Sarah Snook also pulling this off, too. I see. And I will stand with Sarah on this one. Um, I, I will say I like Succession better overall, probably. But I, you know, and I'm putting my own bias in here just kind of for reference. But I thought that season three was a little lacking at the start. I thought it ended very strong. But yeah, even even objectively, I just don't think she had the winning material this season. Um, she's always a really reliable, great performer. I just don't know, like, if she had 
the work or material to stand against a Garner or a Sweeney or even Rhea Seahorn. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I agree. I'm just trying to watch out for different possibilities mm-hmm. here. No, yeah, that's totally fair. Okay, so to recap, Zoe, you're with me on Gardner. Mm-hmm. Nadia, where are you again? Well, I think I'm being swayed to Gardner now. Sarah, you want to <laughs> stick with Rhea or you want to come with us over to Gardner? I'll stick with Rhea. Why not? You know. Oh, I love you. So I'll I keep her chances alive. Too. I'm stick with Rhea too. All right, Nadia. <laughs> My heart's there. (laughs) And listen, I really hope that you're both right. (laughs) I don't think that there's any other thing that could happen at this year's Emmy Awards that would make me cheer more loudly than seeing her win. Well, maybe there's something else, but it would be up there. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. We have Nicholas Braun for Succession, Billy Crudrup for The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Matthew McFadden's Succession, Oh Young Soo for Squid Game, Park Hae Soo for Squid Game, John Turturro for Severance, and Christopher Walken for Severance. Zoe. I am going with my boy Tom Wamsgans for Succession. <gasps> you really think this is his year? I, okay. I, I think it's, I have it between him and Kieran. Um, and I think Kieran See, I'm, I'm with Kieran this year. I think Kieran did a great job too. He's always so much fun. Um, but when I, as I said, I was kind of lukewarm on season three as a whole, but he was the bright spot for me, especially because of what he represents in the finale. And mm-hmm. that turning point, I think, is the, one of the most memorable moments in the entire show. And I think that leaving viewers and voters with that could give him a leg up. When he like walks in that room and he's like, hey, Shiv, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you dick yes yeah i he played and he's always counted out he's always seen as like the doofy husband and he really came into his own this year and i think voters will remember that see i think voters are going to remember kieran colkin's reaction to that dick pic getting seen (laughs) by his father (laughs) and that's why he's very close number two for me but (laughs) you know if there's anyone that i think actually you know other than the succession guys I would say John Turturro. I have him. I think I have him at four. I'm also considering an Oh Young Soo upset because. Oh, I would not be upset about that at all. I, I think he does great work on Squid Game. He is really essential to the ending in a very surprising mm-hmm. way. And he won the Golden Globe in this category. So he which does. was, you know, definitely a little surprising, I thought. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody I knew major was predicting him and stuff. But there, there's passion for that show. There's passion for that performance. He's a big player in Squid Game. Um, and if say if the voters can't decide between Culkin or Matthew McFadden, hey, he's right there. So and on top of that. He submitted literally the best episode he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that yep. too. That episode in particular literally broke me. Mm-hmm. And a large reason for that was because of him. So, ooh. All right, Nadia. 
lots of really good points made here. I have Oh Young Su as a runner-up and John Turturro as a surprise winner, but I am predicting Kieran Culkin for succession. Sarah? Yeah, my list is like identical to Nadia's. Um, I'm also predicting Kieran Culkin, but like Oh Young Su winning would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because I'm trying to find the wins for Squid Game. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotten to that point where it had its peak during the winter. And because there were other shows that came out around the spring and then you factor in everything else just kind of coming together with Succession being here as well. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher now, I think, to definitively say who it's going to be. Mm, I, I'm tempted. You know what? I might switch over to Oh Young Soo before this is over, but I'm going to stick with Kieran Culkin. So, Zoe, you sure you're going to stick with Matthew on this one? Oh, God. I I think for now. I think for now. I But... Now I Oh Young Soo might be my number two instead of Kieran. I don't know. This is a, this is a very <laughs> very tough category. There is no clear front runner in my opinion. Um, the way there is in some other acting categories. So I'll have to see. I'll have to ruminate on it. But for now, I'll stick with Matthew. Mm. All right, tough one. Let's get out of there and let's move over now to comedy. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series, Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hannah Einbinder for Hacks, Janelle James, I got this, Janelle James, Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live, Sarah Niles, Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Sarah. I, this was so hard, but I yeah. Janelle James. Yay! <laughs> so we're manifesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Zoe, I figure you're the same. Yes, I am, and I I will say I will make this point. I've not made. I am not the one who came up with this, but I think Janelle James could follow a path very similar to uh, Jane Lynch as Sue Sylvester on the first season of Glee, who played a very poor authority figure who you love to hate and who is just a total scene stealer and i think kind of the standout performance from the show like i was seeing ava memes throughout abbott elementary's run all over my twitter timeline um there's so many funny compilation videos of her so many great lines i think she just knocks it out of the park she's so fun to even watch give an acceptance speech and if you love out abbott elementary i think you love ava her character and i i think hannah waddingham does great work in season two, but yeah. Will um, Will actually said this, I think, in the group chat about how she became a little bit less interesting of a character when she wasn't the antagonist anymore. Um, I still think she has a lot to do in this season, particularly with um, Toheeb Jamo's character and the stuff with her mother. There's still a lot there, but I think Janelle James is maybe giving the more fun and memorable performance in the category. Um, and as for Hannah Einbinder, she's up there as well, but I, I think Gene Smart just rules hacks and has all the showiest stuff in that series. So for now, I have James Waddingham Einbinder. And part of that's hopefulness, but I think it can happen. Well, I don't disagree. Janelle James is my pick as well. Yes. I will say that my runner up is actually Hannah Einbinder and not Hannah Waddingham. Yeah, that was for me also. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Emmys 
do like repeat winners. So it is very possible that Waddingham wins. I don't know why I have Hannah Einbinder so high because, quite frankly, I feel like if she was going to win, it would have been for the first season. But Hannah Waddingham was just too undeniable in Ted Lasso season one. Yeah. And now I almost feel like it's one of those things where it's like the ship has set sail and they're never going to get around to her now at this point. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. Like, I think she had more media material in the first season right um, particularly when they were at odds whereas this time around i felt that she played the straight man to gene smart for the most part um and she had she had great scenes and stuff and kind of like a fun narrative like trying to make amends with jane's character um but i just think that james and waddingham just have way more to do way more memorable moments so now what if we were all thrown for a loop and it actually turned out to be Cheryl Lee Ralph. I think Clayton's predicting that, actually. I just saw it today. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I, Cheryl Lee Ralph is fantastic on the show, as is the unnominated, egregiously, Lisa Ann Walter. Um, but mm-hmm. I think Janelle James just is, like, the dynamo in any scene she's in. Like, her Ava is so unpredictable. And the Cheryl Lee Ralph is kind of, she also plays a bit of, like, a straighter-laced character very well. But when you're thinking like kooky comedy, I think Janelle James kind of takes that title. Yeah, I'm also predicting Janelle James and also. Oh, yes. And also the I want to say the the submission of the episode, the Ava versus superintendent, I think yes. is the best episode of the series of the season. Uh, so it's a great submission there. And I am hoping that she that she wins. Mm hmm. Yeah, and in that episode specifically, um, I think you get to see a bit more depth in Ava, too. You see her funny side, but you also get to see some serious moments, which I think makes it such a great submission episode because it shows she's not one-dimensional and there's a bit more complexity to her performance. So Yeah, exactly. All righty. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. We have Anthony Carrigan for Barry, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso. Toheeb Jimmo for Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso, Tony Shalhoub, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler for Barry, and Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. Nadia. I have Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso, I think. Fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> no, that was my best Brett, Brett Goldstein. <laughs> or Roy, Roy Kent, rather. <laughs> I think of all the categories that Ted Lasso is in, this feels like the, the, the most sure thing that the show can win. And just given everything he's won in the past, I feel like it's hard to imagine somebody else at this point. Oh, I could definitely imagine a world where Henry Winkler wins again. I could see it happening. Ooh, he is my runner-up. I do think that Anthony Carrigan chose the wrong episode for his submission. Otherwise, I would have been fighting for him a little bit more from Barry this year. Whereas Winkler, I thought, chose the right episode. But also, too, so did Brett Goldstein. In fact, I thought that he had, like, the best episode uh, I remember I remember when I watched it and I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be his submission episode. <laughs> like Saying this like a year ago. <laughs> is that the one that ends with She's a Rainbow? That needle? Yes. OK, then. Yeah, it was the, the, the rom the rom com episode. OK, yes. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just too too undeniable, mm-hmm. I think. And once that happened, it was like, OK, like, congratulations, sir. 
mm-hmm. we're gonna do this again. I also have Brett Goldstein um, with Henry Winkler behind, but I I will say this: it's it's kind of blasphemous. I am not the biggest fan of Ted Lasso season two, um, but the one thing I think is undeniable is Brett Goldstein and Roy Kent. And so, if even I can admit that, I just have a very hard time seeing him not charm the voters again. I think. They took his character in interesting new directions. It wasn't yes. a retreat of season one. Um, and I agree with Nadia that this is probably the category where Ted Lasso faces the least competition. Um, there's not no competition because I do think Winkler also has a great season and a great episode. But Brett Goldstein is just so singular in this role. And I don't think they're done giving him awards for it anytime soon. So, yeah, going with him. Sarah? Yeah, I'm going for Brett Goldstein as well. I think he's like, in my mind, he's like the only, the only choice. The only choice. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> it's a nutty professor reference for all of you out there. Um, and also too, Brett Goldstein's going to play Hercules in the MCU. So, <laughs> all right. Outstanding lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. Tony Collette in The Staircase, Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy. Sarah Paulson, Impeachment, American Crime Story. Margaret Qualley for Maid. Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. Zoe. Oh, my God. This category breaks my heart because Margaret Qualley. Oh, it's easy. No, I know. But Margaret Qualley gives like maybe one of my favorite performances ever. I think Maid is flawless. And it is a shame it was snubbed pretty much almost everywhere else. But it's going to be Amanda Seyfried. And she is also fantastic. So. I won't be too heartbroken, but justice for made. <laughs> Once I saw how the dropout performed, mm-hmm. the only thing I could think of was, wow. Yeah. Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Actually is the more direct competition mm-hmm. than Margaret Qualley yeah. in made. Because to your point, I too was shocked that made missed out on the nominations that it did. And Pam and Tommy, a show that I was very skeptical on, actually managed to overperform mm-hmm. so i think it's between lily james and amanda seyfried but between these two transformative performances i think there is more buzz with seyfried and i think that mm-hmm. she has done a phenomenal job campaigning for this role too yeah. so i i actually think it's a very easy category uh, especially compared to the last couple of ones that we have been discussing lately so yeah nadia what about you well, the overperformance of Pam and Tommy is the reason I have Lily James as my runner-up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my winner, Amanda Seyfried, drop out. Sarah? I thought this category was like the hardest one. <laughs> I was pulling my hair out. Oh my god. But like, I do have Amanda Seyfried winning, even though I thought Lily James's performance was better. But it's just all about the buzz for me with Amanda. <laughs> yeah it, it's such an interesting performance too i think elizabeth holmes is such an enigmatic figure that is it, it she's so weird but so fun to watch too and yeah. dissect and amanda just knocks that out of the park like she gives a phenomenal performance as, as much as i am partial towards margaret qualley i think that amanda Seyfried is also stupendous and yeah i would even go so far as to say i think it's the best performance of her career in any medium I think I would say so as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I fought mm-hmm. for her in Mank, um, but this is definitely the biggest, you know, most substantial role I think she's had to date, and she runs with it. 
All right. Outstanding lead actor in a limited or anthology series or movie. We have Colin Firth in The Staircase, Andrew Garfield, The uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, Oscar Isaac scenes from Marriage, Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, Himish Patel Station Eleven, and Sebastian Stan, Pam and Tommy. Guys, if you don't say Michael Keaton and Dope Sick, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Anybody not going to say Michael Keaton? Well. Oh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I have Michael Keaton. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's Michael Keaton. I think I think Sebastian Stan, like with Pam and Tommy everywhere, is probably the runner up here. But I I don't know. You can't touch Michael Keaton. He's just th- that role is just so devastating, and he's campaigned like crazy, and just has one great acceptance speech after another, and he'll add another one to that soon. So it almost feels like in many ways it's. I don't want to say justice for Birdman, but it it does feel like, I don't know. It does feel like a victory lap that we should have already gotten. Yes. No, I totally agree. Like, if you're seeing him up there giving an acceptance speech, I'm like, God, we were robbed of this eight years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be very, very happy for him when it happens. Mm-hmm. But seriously, who do you think is the runner up? Stan. It, it kind of has to be, right? Yeah. I think because Under the Banner of Heaven didn't materialize in miniseries. That's the only nomination. Yeah. Which is wild to me. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the- I, you know, if the staircase had done better, I would actually say Colin Firth is closer to Keaton than people probably think, but yeah. it, it underperformed as well. Mm-hmm. Scenes from a marriage underperformed. Station Eleven missed out on key nominations, as we said before. I mean, the only thing that did well was Pam and Tommy. <laughs> yeah, and I actually think I, I'm hit or miss on Sebastian Stan, but I thought he was incredible on Pam and Tommy. Like he might even be, maybe my, I don't know. We're agreeing way too much on this podcast, Zoe, because I, I too don't think the world of Sebastian Stan as an actor, but I too mm-hmm. thought he knocked it out of the park in this. I, so. See, and I, you all know how little I liked Fresh, <laughs> um, so I went into Pam and Tommy very skeptical and was just like blown away by him i thought he was so much fun i thought he he just played it so perfectly um and lily james is also incredible but i mean that man had to act opposite his own penis 10 out of 10 performance (laughs) (laughs) yeah to make that work yeah you deserve some hard work all right we go from a very easy category to I don't know. For some of you, this might be easy, but for me, this is actually really tough. Yeah. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. We have Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Melanie Linsky, Yellow Jackets, Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon, The Morning Show, and Zendaya for Euphoria, Sarah Clements. I have Melanie Linsky. Nadia. Uh, you know, I'm going to say it's, for me, it's very close between Zendaya and Melanie Linsky. And I am, I have Melanie Linsky. I too have Melanie Linsky, but believe me when I tell you, this did not come as easy to me as I thought it would because Zendaya is, she's got that episode. I mean, that episode slaps hard. And not only that, but then I think about just the overperformance of season two for Euphoria. I think about the rise in its popularity. I think about how her win last year helped with that rise exponentially. And then I also see Laura Linney just 
acting her ass off in the final season of Ozark. And I'm like, what do I do here? <laughs> Zoe, help. Oh, my God. See, and I'm going to say again, I had so many problems with Euphoria season two. But when I saw that episode, I know I, I remember sitting. I was with my friends, my roommates who we were watching. I'm like, OK, so she just won her second at me. Yeah. And, and then I saw Ozark, the end of Ozark season four, a couple months later. And I was like, damn, Laura Lenny is so good in this. And I know. But you know what, though? You know what killed her? She didn't submit the right episode. Yes. I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Definitely not the best episode submission, especially when you're going up against Zendaya's. Um, If she had submitted the episode where she, uh, like, groveled at her father's feet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She she would be in contention to win right now. Yeah. But as is, I have her at number three as, like, a dark horse. I do, too. Because then... After Ozark, I binged Yellow Jackets. I was like, okay, let's get around to that. And I was just like mystified by Melanie Lensky. I thought mm-hmm. she was incredible on that show. And when, but I, I had her at three initially beneath the other two. And then when Yellow Jackets overperformed, I was like, yep. wow, there's a lot of love for this show. And it was like my favorite drama series in contention. But I'm always wary of just seeing how a freshman series, especially, is embraced. And it dominated, but I don't think it's going to win maybe some of the other below the line categories. And then mm-hmm. I've seen Melanie Linsky just everywhere. Everyone loves her. She's been a working actress for so long. She finally got this incredible leading role. It was like her main character moment, as I think In Style put it. And she knocks it out of the park. And everybody loves her in this role. If you love Yellow Jackets, or even if you don't, you love Melanie Linsky in this role. And I think that you Zendaya's episode that sole episode is very hard to beat but what i will say is that i don't think in the season as a whole she is as dominant as melanie linsky is in yellow jackets i think actually character focus was one of euphoria's big problems this year and that episode aside like that episode is just incredible but if i'm comparing like their performances throughout these seasons back to back like i i think melanie linsky is just so notable and it is very, very, very hard to pass up as well. So because of her narrative, because of the love for her in the industry and because of her performance, I'm leaning towards Melanie Linsky, but it is, it is really keeping me up at night to pass up on Zendaya's episode. Narrative love within the industry, the performance. I agree with all of those, but you said it before. I'll add one other factor into the mix. And this is why I'm giving Melanie Linsky the edge. When I saw that Yellow Jackets got drama series, casting, directing, and two writing nominations, that you you said it before. If you love the show, you love her. And if you don't love the show, well, you probably also probably still love her. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's had a chance to give so many acceptance speeches in the lead up to this moment. Yeah, I think I think it's aligning for her. I really do. I I won't be shocked if she doesn't win, but I'm I'm giving her the edge in the end here because yeah, Zendaya. Mm, I just I keep looking at all of those nominations that Euphoria got this year, mm-hmm. which is which is honestly why I think it could upset in another acting category if it doesn't here. So you never know. But I also I I go back to that. We haven't had a repeat 
actor actress winner in this category since 2014 so it's it's been a while they even when you do have a winner back and even when it's a situation like zendaya where they'd finally get to award her like on air and you know what if yellow jackets doesn't win drama series doesn't win directing it doesn't win writing this is a great way to have it be acknowledged that evening without having to win any of those other categories yeah considering how much they'd like to show yep all right. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series. When I tell you guys this is actually the hardest category for me, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Here we go. We have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Brian Cox for Succession, Lee Jong Jae for Squid Game, Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, Adam Scott, Severance, Jeremy Strong for Succession. I want to take this slow. I want to take this one piece at a time. Because I feel like the only way I'm going to come to a final decision here is by process of elimination. And I got to admit, I'm kind of relying on all of you because I still have not made my final call with this yet. So, Sarah, I want to hear from you first. Who's taking it? Well, like what you said about Melanie Linsky, how like if they don't win anywhere else, they could easily like give it to her here, which is kind of my thing with Squid Game and Mm -hmm. Lee Jung-jae. So I put him as my number one and lead actor. It's a good call. Yep, and I feel very, very similar. If Squid Game like doesn't perform in other categories, this is a place where he's won at other shows throughout the season. Uh, surprisingly so. I mean, too, like that SAG win was huge, I thought. And he has continued to win uh, elsewhere as well, even at... Um, uh, he won at HCA, didn't he? Yep. Night 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. So there have been other wins there throughout the season. <sighs> all right. All right. So that's one argument. Nadia? Mm, that is a really good argument. And it's why I have Lee Jung Jae as my runner up. But mine is actually Jeremy Strong for Succession. Uh, yeah. Cool, Dad. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, great. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think that his performance in that show is starting to rival. James Gandolfini in Sopranos and like Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad is like one of the just all timer male leading performances in this golden age of television that I've seen in recent years. Every season, he just continuously surprises me with just the emotional depth of that character and also too his stupidity. <laughs> uh, but yet I still love him despite his ego and his stupidity. So I, I just think that he's doing a remarkable job on that show. But I am slightly giving the edge to Brian Cox over him because here, here's my thought process here. I almost feel like Jeremy Strong was undeniable last year in season two. And I'm not saying that Brian Cox is undeniable for season three, but if they love Succession like that much, which clearly they do based on all these nominations that they gave it, I almost wonder if the mentality will be, we took care of Jeremy Strong last year. Let's take care of Brian Cox this year. Now, I'm not saying Brian Cox is my prediction in this category, but it's the reason why I'm leaning towards giving Brian Cox the edge over Strong for the moment in my rankings overall. I still don't have a definitive winner, so he helped me. (laughs) Okay, so I am aligned with Sarah right now. Um, And I have been pretty much ever since SAG, I think, because 
I, I too don't think Squid Game is going to get a couple other big wins where it's nominated, like in writing, maybe directing, but I'm not leaning there right now. Um, and if Oh Young Soo doesn't pan out, then it's not winning that category. And I think that honoring Lee Jung Jae here is honoring like the face of the show. Like he really is like our audience surrogate. We're with him the entire way. He submitted a great episode. And I just think there's a lot of love for him as a performer, too, and how he captured our hearts with this show and kind of, like, brought us all in. I actually have Bob Odenkirk second, um, because kind of like you guys were saying with Raya Seahorn, I think he could get that bump from, even though the recent episodes that aired aren't what he's eligible for, I think they could benefit him because there has been an explosion of love for Better Call Saul, kind of like right at the time they were voting for this award. Um, and I just think maybe by this time next year, Better Call Saul might have been faded, even if he is nominated again. Um, and then I think, I don't with Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox, I it's tough because, like you said, I think last season Jeremy Strong was undeniable. I think he's good this season, too. I don't think he actually gave, like, the standout performance to me. I would say that was definitely the supporting boys. Um, and I think with Brian Cox, the thing that he always runs into is that Logan's a lot of fun, but he's, there's kind of just like, I don't want to call him one note, but I just think he kind of does like grumpy Brian Cox a lot. Like he's not really, I don't even know if he's always the lead specifically. So I do think that hurts him here. Um, with Jason Bateman, I don't know. I Ozark just kind of had the wind taken out of its sails with kind of the mixed reception to the ending of its final season. So I'm, I'm kind of low on it in a couple of categories. And with Adam Scott, I think he's just lucky to be here and I'm happy he's here. Um, but I don't think he's a threat for the win. So yeah, I'm between Lee Jung Jae and Bob Odenkirk for now. So here's why I'm not going with Bob Odenkirk, despite my heart telling me that I should. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think his heart uh, has something to do with it this year too, considering that he had that nef- near death experience. I do think there's a lot of sympathy for him because of that. And if he does win, it will definitely be be because he beat death <laughs> <laughs> and went on to deliver uh, a really phenomenal performance. Obviously, but you know you got to look at all all factors here, right? Mm-hmm. But I keep coming back to once again. The love has just never been there for Better Call Saul. Yeah. At yeah. least with Breaking Bad before it won drama series and, you know, the other awards it picked up. Brian Cox was winning. I'm sorry, Brian Cranston, you know, BC. Um, you know, <laughs> Brian Cranston was winning. Aaron Paul was winning. And then finally, it just like kind of all culminated in the show just winning you know, writing and uh, and a gun came along with it and so on and so forth. So <laughs> if, if, if Bob Odenkirk does win, it's going to be next year and it's going to be like John Hamm winning for the final season of Mad Men. See, and it, I, I thought about that too and it just worries me because we, I mean, this final half of the last season did premiere so close to the start of and i agree zoe the other alternative is it doesn't happen and better call saul's like legacy maybe goes down in history as this show that always got nominated and it never won a single emmy which would kind of almost be fitting for the scrappy underdog show that it is considering yeah. the character it's about too you know yeah no that's fair because i i did 
consider that possibility. And I've been looking ahead to, you know, what else is cropping up next year? And I'm like, oh, like, we'll have Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us and maybe Jeremy Allen White for The Bear and maybe a House of Dragon guy in addition to the Succession Boys. And it's like, wow, that field is filling up rather quickly. And we'll have, you know, hot new things to kind of pay attention to. So, yeah, I kind of feel like this is the now or never year for him. So even though I don't have him in my number one spot, that's why he's my runner up for now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's I I have him as a surprise winner. And it it is that kind of final surge of love for the show that is kind of swaying me towards that possibility. Well, let me tell you, the final episodes airing during voting not to mention then the bump he got from the HCA win on social media and other channels as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the timing could not be any more perfect. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Does anyone see a world in which Ray Seahorn wins and Bob Odenkirk doesn't? I have a bit more faith in Bob Odenkirk just because he's been nominated so many times. So I think there's a bit more of a like overdue narrative for him. And he is like, and like Matt said too, the thing with him beating death, I think could yeah. play into a sympathetic. Narrative. Although, although then again, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you know, beat cancer and they didn't give it to her for that final season. That's true. But they had already given her like six. <laughs> so That's true too. Yeah. 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 <sighs> All right. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just being silly right now, but Brian Cox for succession, I think, is going to be my pick. And I have Bob Odenkirk at number two, Lee Jung-jae at number three. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, call, call it gut intuition, honestly. Keep things spicy, Matt. But I also think, too, that Brian Cox's scene in the finale, which is the episode he has submitted, where he basically tells all three of his children to fuck off, that's a very impactful and memorable scene for him, especially. Yeah, he is very. It's tough because with Brian Cox ever in the lead category, I've just I've always felt like he's at least a little bit more secondary to Kendall. Um, yeah, no, totally. And I, I think agree that, with that. That's the performance that's a little bit more. Brian Cox is fun to watch, but I think Kendall's psyche is a bit more interesting to like think about and dissect. So that's what keeps Jeremy Strong above. And yeah, in this season, I feel like they're a bit more neck and neck, but then that also leads to who's going to pull ahead and why. And so I, they're like, that's why they're my three and four right now. So I'm just kind of like, I don't really know who is ahead of the other. I don't know who has the better narrative because Jeremy Strong just won. I don't think Brian Cox was like undeniable this season. So it's like. No, but I do think it's a really tight category and that can yeah. allow for, you know, something like him winning to happen. I don't think he needs to be undeniable. Mm-hmm. I will say, and everything that is also kind of swaying me to not go with him is it's not like there's this narrative to get him an Emmy win. You know, he is a previous winner for Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that has been a part of the narrative of like, oh, it's finally time to reward this guy. However, I do think, you know, considering that there's been over 20 years since his last Emmy win in the supporting category, the guy is 76 years old now, nearing 80. I do think that, you know, some people might view this as last chance. Not saying like for this season, but, you know, it's like I also don't really know what the future holds for him on that show. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've always kind of imagined that the final season of the show is going to be 
he would die in the final season are, are the kids fighting over, you know, who takes control and he wouldn't even be a part of the end of the show, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. I, I could be totally wrong about that, but like, I do kind of get this sense given how well Succession has done with nominations that mm, I don't feel good about it, but it's like I'm just leaning towards it mostly because they didn't get to him last year or or the first season, might I add. And I just man, that's a lot of acting nominations for that show. I mean, like. You look at Ted Lasso, White Lotus, and Succession, and how many nominations these three shows got, and it's like, why are we not predicting these shows to win more? Mm, yeah, I just feel I feel like sometimes with the show, I, I think the reason they got so many acting nominations is because voters are watching less shows now. So then yeah. when it comes to filling out the categories, you're like, oh, they're all so good on this show. Let me just like check mark all of them in a row, um, <laughs> rather than like assign that it's like going to win multiple categories and stuff because. I, I think also, though, when you do front load a category like that with a lot of contenders from a show and there is no clear standout the way like Brett Goldstein is in Supporting Actor, for instance, it can also detract from your winning chances. But now watch Jason Bateman win for Ozark or it's just, <laughs> just like a complete surprise, you know? <laughs> All right. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. We have Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Quinta Brunson, Abbott Elementary, Kelly Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning, The Great, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Gene Smart for Hacks. Nadia? Oh, this is kind of tough for me because I do see a scenario in which Abbott Elementary goes all the way beyond writing. It gets Best Actress, Best Comedy Series. So I, I, it's for me, it's between Quinta Brunson and of course, Gene Gene Smart, Gene Smart and Hacks. She's Gene Smart. Hacks is beloved. Everybody loves her. And I'm trying to decide between those two, and I can't. <laughs> I'll decide for you. Please do. Gene Smart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we already took care of Quinta Brunson in writing. This reminds me of Michaela Cole last year, where she won for writing. She could have won for directing. She could have won for you know, acting. She went for writing. That's where they'll take care of Quinta Brunson because she's not up for directing, in my opinion. And here, I think that Gene Smart is just such a force on Hacks. She seems to me destined to be one of those repeat name check winners for at least a while and definitely for season two. So... Yeah, I'm I'm leaning with her uh, on this one. Yeah, it's giving Julia Louis Dreyfus in the first few seasons of Veep. Like exactly. Yeah. If she had like a weaker season, or if Hannah Einbinder maybe took a more for firmer focus this season, I could see the potential for an upset. But no, I think she was even better this season than she was last year, and I loved her in the show last year. So I. I have never really had her in too much doubt. I did consider Quinta a bit more heavily when she won, I think it was the TCA Awards, because the winner of the award that she's won has gone on to win the Emmy like the past five or six years or so. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think Quinta's ton of fun on the show. I think there's a bit more to Jean's performance, um, and it also is a bit bigger, um, whereas I think Quinta's writing and just her whole production of 
Abbott Elementary is definitely her strongest suit on that show. And this is like the one major area I'm honoring Hacks right now because I am giving directing to Barry and writing to Abbott Elementary. So I I don't think I can see a world in which Hacks goes home empty-handed. I mean, but also too, maybe Abbott Elementary is like Fleabag. Yeah. Where... Quinta Brunson's just she just finds herself up on that stage multiple times that evening and it's like Mm -hmm. a shock to everybody but she is like in disbelief and we can't get enough of it as viewers at home you know yeah I will not be surprised if it's her because I think there is a definite path there and like Nadia said like Abbott really could just steamroll Abbott is like a phenomenon and I think that it should not be underestimated but I, for my sanity, I'm like, I just think Gene Smart has to win again. I, I can't see that performance going unrewarded, but who knows? Who knows? It, she definitely could be Phoebe Waller-Bridge. The, there's, like, a very similar, like, fervor for the show, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah? Uh, yeah, I had Quinta as my number one for the longest time, but I don't think the Emmys are going to gift us with both Quinta and Janelle James in the acting categories, especially if they're going to give Quinta the writing win, which she 100% deserves. So I'm going to go with Jean Smart. Nadia, did we sway you to Jean Smart, or do you want to go with Quinta? Uh, I'm going to go with Quinta. Okay. I love it. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Once again, I'll be ecstatic. This is one of those scenarios where it's like, I don't really care who wins. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, I love Abbott Elementary so much that I'm trying to be realistic about its chances, even though I do think they're very high. So I'd love Quinto to win, but I also think Jean Smart is just like a national icon uh, and everybody loves giving her awards. So yeah. And see, like for me, I feel this way with the Oscars too. Once you win, you know, for your first season, second season, whatever, I'm never really in a rush, even if I think you did even a better job on a subsequent season to give you another win. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to reward new people yeah. wherever I can. Yeah. So that, but that does tend to bite me in the ass when it comes to the Emmys because they love repeat winners. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> All right. Now we're up to outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. We have Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, Nicholas Holt for The Great, Steve Martin, Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Zoe. I have Bill Hader. Um, Jason Sudeikis is obviously my runner-up, but I think what Bill Hader accomplished, whether comedic or dramatic, on this season of Barry is basically undeniable in my opinion and I, I don't think you can like the show or honor the show without honoring his performance I think objectively Bill Hader is delivering the best performance in this category however what if the discussion about how this is not a comedic performance anymore does blow back on him and cost him the win here I, I did heavily consider that. I, I was like, I that could be a worry. But I do think, even though Ted Lasso is still firmly a comedy, I think a lot of J- even Jason Sudeikis' best moments this season are his dramatic, darker moments, especially with the therapist and everything. So it's like, you know, obviously Barry treads more into that dark, dramatic territory, but I think both of the frontrunners kind of could run into that. I mean, 
Bill Hader's performance in this final, uh, not final season, but latest season just really blew me away. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that he did, I I wasn't even aware that he was like capable of doing. And it was genuinely terrifying to watch some like, like uncomfortable to watch sometimes. So I'm going with him, but I really do think it is extremely close between him and Sudeikis. Mm hmm. I remember last year when Sudeikis won, I remember thinking, God, what am I going to do when Barry comes back and it's Bill versus Jason? (laughs) And here we are. Oh, man. Nadia? Yeah, I have Bill Hader winning here with Jason Sudeikis being who I think is the only person from this group who can really rival him. Sarah? I have Jason Sudeikis. (gasps) Oh, Sarah. Keeping it spicy. Is it because of the Ted Lasso overperformance with nominations? Like, what's the feeling there? Yeah, and I just, I'm just going with my gut on this one. But I also had, surprisingly, I had, like, Martin Short as my second for a while. And then he won HCA, which was, like, super random. But I don't see him actually doing anything with it, even though he's so good. But. Yeah, he's he's so good on that show, but I agree with what Matt said earlier that I, I feel like Only Murders in the Building kind of deflated a bit. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And so if you were gonna upset, I think it would have had to generate more buzz in its second season and it kinda hasn't materialized. I'm also of the belief that Steve Martin's actually ahead of him in the category too. I I think he might be, yeah, which is crazy because I totally agree with Sarah that Martin Short has I mean, it's just the showier performance, too. It's like more it's the more fun, memorable one in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, definitely a tough one between Sudeikis and Hater here. But uh, I'll tell you this, if Hater does not win, it will definitely be, in my opinion, because of the whole this is too dark. It's no longer comedy. It's a dramatic performance at this point. Mm hmm. And maybe if they think that honoring him in directing is like enough for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is starting to concern me a little bit uh, how much I have Ted Lasso losing. Yeah. But we have more categories to come. Mm -hmm. So before we get to those. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. Only two nominees. A Black Lady Sketch Show and Saturday Night Live. Nadia? I have Saturday Night Live winning. Sarah? Saturday Night Live. Zoe? Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I Listen, I would love to see an upset here for Black Lady Sketch Show. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. But, sorry. Yeah. All right, Outstanding Variety Talk Series. Oh, we're going to just fly right by these. The Daily Show with Trevor <laughs> Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, that's it. Just stop right there. No, I'm kidding. Late Night with Seth Meyers and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. One, two, three, everybody, same time. Last, Last week, week tonight, tonight with John with Oliver. Oliver. Yay. Yeah. All right, next category. <laughs> <laughs> 
but like, why does he keep winning? Yeah, I mean, like, I know it really annoys me. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. What would be your preference here? I love Stephen Colbert. I do too. Oh, I do too. He's my man. He's my runner up yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. He is my runner up. Yeah. I do love Steve. And I really, ha- I'm happy Seth Meyers got in this season too. Same. Yeah. I think John Oliver keeps winning for two reasons. One is because he could say whatever the fuck he wants on his show without any kind of limitations whatsoever. And the second reason is. I really don't think people care about this category. And as long as they like you as a person, it's like if if you just start winning here, they just keep on giving it to you year after year. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with Jon Stewart, as I joked about earlier. So outstanding competition program, the amazing race Lizzo's watch out for the big girls nailed it. RuPaul's drag weight, drag race, top chef and the voice Zoe. RuPaul's Drag Race. Very similar to the John Oliver category. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to say no, you know? Like, I love seeing RuPaul get that annual win each year. (laughs) But, I mean, would it kill to have there be a little variety? Yeah, Uh, I would like to see Lizzo's show actually win. I think that'd be the more interesting winner this year. But, I mean, Drag Race, it's cool for representation everything, and I think it's still well-produced, so... Mm -hmm. I mean, did anybody have a better night at HCA in terms of social media shout outs than Lizzo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lizzo's watching people. <laughs> Sarah, how about yourself? I have RuPaul's Drag Race also. As you do. Nadia? RuPaul's Drag Race as well. All right. Let's move over now to Outstanding Limited or Anthology series. We have Dope Sick, The Dropout, Inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy, and The White Lotus. Nadia. Going with the White Lotus. Ooh. <laughs> Sarah? Dope sick. Oh, it's spicy in here. <laughs> Zoe, tiebreaker? The White Lotus. <gasps> Guys. <laughs> y'all crazy. I was gonna say dope sick, but now I feel <laughs> it, but now I feel like we have to fight it out. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk through this really quick because for the longest time. I felt like it was always going to be dope sick just because the subject matter screamed, hey, this is important. This is a current issue that is a serious problem in our country. And this is a show that really thoroughly examines the issue at hand, features great performances, great writing. It was also winning uh, during the winter uh, award season. And it continued to also pick up wins throughout uh, the spring here. But, you know, definitely faces more competition. And I feel like the tide started to turn when the nominations came out and the White Lotus overperformed and did so freaking well. But, but, did Dope Sick actually miss on any categories that actually mattered? Mm, no, I don't think so. I had Dope Sick number one before the nominations as well, just because I I love the White Lotus. I but I'm always very wary to put something that's a bit more like idiosyncratic and kind of risque at number one until I see how the industry embraces it. And mm-hmm. to see it overperform this much, I think, with the acting support, even performers I loved but never thought they had a chance at getting recognition, that was really heartening. And I also think that while Dopesick is very topical as well, 
the White Lotus is some of the most original social satire, especially about wealth um, that I've seen in years. And I think that that is still probably like one of the most prevailing discussions, especially in America right now. And that has also kept it very relevant. And a vote for it is kind of like an vote for the indictment of the 1% as the show so effortlessly excused. Um, and this is definitely a common theme lately yeah. in a lot of different uh, shows that are being awarded. Of course, everyone will mention Parasite. Yeah. But we also just saw a Palm Door winner with Triangle of Sadness recently mm-hmm. also tackle this theme. So I don't disagree with that. Um, but I do kind of come back to The White Lotus has 20 nominations. And Dopesick has 14. Dopesick has casting, it's got editing, it's got writing, it's got directing, it's got acting. The White Lotus has all of these as well. And it's even got even like a little bit more too in the uh, tech side than Dopesick does. So like based on just the broad love, I'm more inclined to say to White Lotus, but at the same time, I really do think that in terms of social like issues and how dope sick lands, I think I think White Lotus is going to be well represented with winning writing and the supporting categories and dope sick winning Keaton directing and series. I don't know. I just think the split feels right to me. And this is like conjecture, so it's hard to quantify. But I also have heard a lot of about dope sick that. A lot of people like it. A lot of people think that it's very emotionally resonant, but it's not perfect. It's a little bloated. There's a couple extraneous subplots. Like there's a little bit more nitpicking, I think, with the screenwriting and the structure. Um, whereas with The White Lotus, I, I do think that there's certain controversial elements and it's a bit like in your face with certain things. But for the most part, it's it's very streamlined. It's very sharp. And I think that I always felt that just objectively when I was watching the shows myself and then to see it overperform, I felt that that reception was maybe shared. Um, so I, I do agree that I think it's close and I think the emotional element makes dope sick a bit of a stronger contender, but I, I just think many might see white Lotus as the stronger show overall. Um, and I think I may have to switch to directing to give it another win because I do think it's a very, very, huge contender and stuff and shouldn't be counted out but i think overall when we're talking about the best mini series that with the white lotus is the sexier and buzzier title but it, it's tough i mean let me ask you this question because i don't think many people expected the white lotus to lead in the limited series category with nominations mm-hmm. if it wasn't leading i'm just saying hypothetically would you still feel the same way i would probably still be leaning dope sick as i was before the nominations because my my biggest worry was just that the white lotus was going to be a bit too weird or a bit too kind of provocative for emmy voters it's a it's something that fits my sensibilities but i didn't know if it'd be received very well by the mainstream but i think the message has really transcended that and the performances really speak for themselves so seeing that it was received and embraced that way made me think, okay, I thought it was like probably the better show. And I think that that's where the television Academy is trending as well. It's interesting because I'm having flashbacks to the power of the dog leading Oscar nominations last year. 
And we read into that as there's this broad love for the movie that's going to translate into other wins when it turned out to be the whole, we like it, we respect it, but we don't love it sort of thing. I, I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but your whole initial feeling before the nominations about, ooh, I don't know how far they'll go with the White Lotus. I've always felt that way. And even despite the nomination performance, I still feel that way just a bit. Like, I think this is really close, really, really close between these two. But Dopesick to me feels more like the safer choice just in terms of. Well, you know what, though? The Television Academy is different from the Oscars and they are a bit more progressive, I think, and they are a lot more open to other forms of storytelling because the dope sick feels like a traditional winner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the power of the dog comparison, I felt that, I mean, we didn't really know like what the power of the dog was up. We certainly didn't think it was up against Coda when like right. nominations were announced. So whereas this race has always been in my mind, the white Lotus versus dope sick. And it just, we just kind of got our first taste of what the television Academy thought of it when the nominations came out. So that was like the first real because otherwise we were just kind of predicting out of nothing. And then that yeah. was the first, you know, flag in the sand. But yeah, it is. It's tough. But I, I do think that their point about them being more progressive is something that has helped me lean towards the White Lotus as well, because the dope dope sick is very good. But I think there are reasonable critiques with it, too. Um, and I just think overall, the White Lotus is the sharper and tighter show. And I've heard I think that's like a common sentiment that's been shared around and obviously we never know for sure what every voter thinks but that's kind of what the gut is telling me right now and i'll go with it nadia sarah after hearing this do either one of you switch or are you sticking with your respective choice i mean i'm still sticking with the white lotus i feel like i i do think i mean dope sick is my runner-up and i do think it's a very strong possibility that it can take it here but I just there's a part of me that just thinks a lot of the love for that show is being channeled through Michael Keaton almost as if he's like the face of everything he's everywhere for it whereas with the light, the white lotus just the overperformance alone has really swayed me it's it's in every category pretty much where it needs to be I think and I just I I I just see it steamrolling Sarah Hmm. I think I'm still gonna stick with dope sick. I don't like thinking about these things too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I understand everything that was said for the White Lotus, but I don't know. I'm gonna stick to my gut. All right, outstanding drama series. We have Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, Yellow Jackets. Oh, Nadia. Oh. Oh, guys. Well, I do think Succession has a pretty tight grip in drama. Previous winner in 2020. And I think I think an argument can be made for Severance. I do think the Emmys might want to award the next best thing. And I think Severance slides into that title very nicely. It's gotten a lot of love and a lot of great buildup. But... My winner is Succession. I thought about this carefully. I thought about it very hard because 
you know, nah, fuck it. It's going to be succession. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Um, no, it's going to be severance, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is just your anti-succession vote. (laughs) But I do agree with Nadia about giving it to, like, the newest, hottest thing. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me, but I do agree that succession does have a really tight grip, so I won't be surprised if it wins. Believe it or not, uh, I think my runner-up is actually Squid Game and not severance. My runner-up was Squid Game until the nom. This is another thing that switched with the nominations. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, they love Severance, which I, again, I love that show, but I'm always wary until I see actual quantifiable, like, industry work- things that, I, like, how they respond. Um, and they really... Oh, you know like- what, too? I just realized Squid Game is missing uh, casting for a drama series. So, but it, but it has... Um, you know, because these, these are like certain things in the nominations I look for for a drama series or a comedy or a limited series win is I always look for. Does it have writing? Does it have acting? Does it have editing? Yeah. Does it have casting at the Creative Arts Emmys? Oh, I was going to say, you know, with like I that's something I dig into as well. And I also try to gauge like what is the show that like everybody is talking about? And I've like everybody does love Severance, but I've noticed, especially like amongst the industry, like when they're even being interviewed for other projects, so there's someone not attached to Succession at all. They love Succession. Like Austin Butler said, that was the show he'd love to star in, and like some Elvis interview. Sadie Sink mentioned it, in, like our Stranger Things interview. I love that these are all the people that you're obsessed with right now. It is well, they're the people <laughs> I pay attention to, and it's like. I- uh, yeah, and Zoe like, has read every interview that you've given, listened to every interview that you've given. <laughs> it's like there are people who don't really have anything to do with like HBO or Succession. Mm-hmm. And it's not just them. They're just the two that came to mind. But I'm always seeing people like. Oh Can I God. also just say, too, for the record, when I interviewed Anthony Carrigan and I asked him if you would like to place NoHo Hank on another show. Who would you, what like which show would you like to play him on? And he too said Succession. Yeah, see, like it's so ubiquitous in pop culture right now, and I just think I think Severance can get there, but I think like with Succession season one, and we said earlier, it's going to get a win below the line, and that'll be its consolation prize for this time around, and then we'll wait until season two to really get the big guns. But Succession is still just absolutely beloved in the industry, and I think it's. I mean, nomination total. Didn't it get like 25 or so, I think? I mean, it literally led this year in overall nominations, which is absolutely insane considering the uh, nomination hall it got last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just like it's insane. I I, I knew it was going to do well. I didn't think it was going to do this well. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's like the. 800 8000 pound gorilla that like can't be toppled right now like and so it and, literally is logan roy i have you beat <laughs> yeah. honestly yeah and so I, i'd love to see severin sneak up there it is my number two but it's it's gonna God. be succession it's wild to me because any other year i would say severance because severance to me reminds me so much of something like lost where it's that puzzle box mystery show that just captivates you mm-hmm. and has you hooked with its premise. But I think the fact that it's streaming and it's not something that aired on cable broadcast or anything like that, 
I actually think that's what hurts it here, if I'm being completely honest with you. And I know that sounds a bit old-fashioned. Hmm. Also, too, pouring one out for Better Call Saul. <sighs> and Stranger yeah. Things, too. Man, I, yeah. I, I love the season of Stranger Things. I really, really loved it. I wish that they had gotten just a little bit more love, but they'll do well at the Creative Arts Emmys, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would want to say probably maybe vote for Yellow Jackets here. I know there's a lot of sufferance. I, I do love Severance as well, but oh my god, I just want Yellow Jackets to win like everything under the sun. Uh, but I'll settle for Melanie. You know, it's actually very funny to me because out of all the nominees here, I would not be upset if any of them won. I, I like all of these shows. But yeah, it, it's going to be Succession. Sorry, Sarah. And then our last category is Outstanding Comedy Series. We have Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows. And all I'm going to say for this category to take us home here is, guys, Ted Lasso did not get 20 nominations for nothing. It really didn't. So unless if Abbott Elementary pulls a flea bag, as I mentioned earlier, and just has an incredible night, or, I mean, the only other thing I could see, maybe, is Barry. But at that point, it's like Succession, White Lotus, and Barry, HBO, having that good of a night? Uh-uh. No way. I don't see it happening. So I'm going with Ted Lasso to repeat two years in a row. Sarah, what about you? Mm, this one's hard. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going to keep things spicy again and go with Abbott Elementary. Zoe? You know I'm going with Abbott Elementary. I have to rep my favorite show in this lineup. And I thank I will, you so much. <laughs> I will say this is I, I'm tr- I'm going out on a limb. I'm doing a little bit of a Zoe gut moment, but the chatter around this show, especially from people who are not as plugged in as we are and extremely online, is just insane like i have had people who just know me as like a movie and tv person come up to me and ask me if i'm watching the show and ask me who my favorite characters are and just want to talk about abbott and i think that it being on network tv really helps that because there aren't many standout shows on network tv right now and abbott's kind of like resurrected their representation at the emmys and although ted lasso also fits in this vein and it's a very nice core show i think When we're comparing season to season, this season of Abbott Elementary was just one of the most like uplifting and life affirming things on television. Ted Lasso got a bit darker, a bit more dramatic and stuff. And I think Abbott's just like the really fun nominee. And it also has the underdog narrative going for it. And listen, Zoe, sorry, cut you off. (laughs) Seven nominations for Abbott Elementary. Versus 20 for Ted Lasso. But I think and Abbott th- Elementary does not have an editing nomination. It does not have a directing nomination. I do not think that they are going to do this for season one. They might catch up to it later. Season two or three or something. But I just don't think this is the year. You know what also had more nominations than something else that lacked directing and editing nominations and recently pulled off an underdog upset at an award ceremony? Coda, Overpower the Dog. How dare you? And <laughs> it was the yeah, crowd. Zoe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say I will continue flexing that. But <laughs> it 
it very much it does feel like in that vein to me it is the sh- it makes people feel good they love to talk about how fun it is how much they like the characters i think ted lasso is still very loved obviously on account of its nominations but the way i explained its nominations is kind of what i said earlier that they're watching less shows than ever the voters and that meant that when they got to categories they're like okay we'll give it like four supporting acting nominations for an actor like three an actress and they're it's more of just i think they like the show it's one of the only shows they're watching so they're like i'm going to just fill these categories out i think abbott being on the board at all despite coming from a network despite literally not having a big name for itself whatsoever it doesn't have the backing of apple is considerable and it has been winning things left and right it dominated the tca awards which are very telling, usually, when it comes to the Emmy race. Um, and I think Ted Lasso is definitely strong. It's my number two. But I don't know. I see this winning writing, winning supporting actress, really contending in actress. I think it'll win casting in a comedy series, which is that one Creative Emmy Award nomination has. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the win that makes you feel good, kind of as Ted Lasso was last year. I think that there's something special about Abbott that is very hard to quantify when we're talking about stats and history, and I'm I'm going with it. I don't blame you for the whole <laughs> fuck stats mentality, especially after Coda did that this past year. Um, but I'm still salty over that, and for that reason alone, I am going against <laughs> you on it again because I just I'm sorry. I I I as you know, you would think I would have learned my lesson about stats, but <laughs> clearly I'm very stubborn. Nadia, listen. I have Abbott Elementary winning supporting actress, lead actress, outstanding comedy writing. I am going all the way. I'm saying Abbott Elementary. Yay. See now, let me ask. You, let me ask you this though: <laughs> At what point do do you stop and go? Mm, this might be a little unrealistic for a show that underperformed in nominations and is in its first season. I mean, we I just don't. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Zoe said it all so perfectly there's something about this show it's just the response has been so enthusiastic there's been such an outpouring of love Mm -hmm. i i will give zoe credit for this there doesn't seem to be much sense of urgency to want to give ted lasso a second win but i for the life of me i cannot explain how it got all these nominations again then I would say also, and this is what I kept saying back with Coda when we were like, but why didn't it get a directing nomination? Then why didn't it get an editing nomination? I don't think Abbott Elementary is the show that needs a directing nomination. I think it's, I don't think it's poorly directed at all, but I think that when you're comparing it to the other comedies in contention, I don't think there's necessarily anything as notable about its direction as there is about Only Murders in the Building or Barry or Hacks. And so I don't view its omission there as like, a really shocking or worrying snub. I think when we're looking at snubs, you just have to be conscientious about, well, was it ever really seriously contending here? And I never thought Abbott was. So I think, and it, I think it maxed out, honestly, getting two supporting actress nominations, getting Tyler James Williams in and getting writing as it was and everything and getting Quinta in there and being so close to the win. So it's like, I look at where it's strongest and as long as it hits there, I think it's still on top contention. And yeah. for me, like, maybe it's because I don't really have, like, a stats mentality going into these things. If I was, like, an Emmy voter, 
Um, I would be like, hey, I could give Ted Lasso all these wins in all these other places and then be like, okay, then it's fine. And I can just give Abbott Elementary, you know, the series win. I also think that because Ted Lasso is is so beloved, it's it almost feels like, okay, well, it makes sense that it got all these nominations. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Abbott Elementary being the fresh kind of new show and it's hitting all these really, really vital categories as Zoe was explaining, that's what's kind of swaying me more and more towards awarding this awesome new show that just makes everybody feel great. But Ted Lasso still does make people feel great. I know. And it it is my runner up. (laughs) It it does. And Ted Lasso very much fits with the nice core wave of winners that I think we've seen across many award ceremonies recently. But I feel like it hit that title more in its first season. Whereas this season, it, it definitely, as it does, second season of the show, it deepened its characters. It treaded into more dramatic territory. Whereas if you were looking for something that was the comfort show, that was also just very well acted, well written, that was kind of Abbott. And a lot of people gravitated towards that. And I also think there's a certain social element with Abbott's just entire narrative that has uplifted it as well. I mean, it, it's literally about an underfunded, black school and that's a huge part of what quinto was trying to do with creating the show in the first place and i think that honoring the show kind of honors what she's trying to speak to as well and so if you have more political or social minded voters i think that that could sway them in that direction as well i don't disagree with that yeah i definitely think you're on something with that but then let me ask you this question what do you make of the fact that modern family won for so many years even after it was past its prime do you mean in regards to like network comedies contending i i mean at a certain point with modern family like winning for like it's oh fifth season it was like enough already you know yeah and i'm just wondering if with something like ted lasso what it really comes down to i think is i'm just wondering based on like i said the nomination hall 20 nominations, all these acting nominations, uh, more broad support across the Creative Arts Emmys. I'm just wondering if enough people have seen Abbott Elementary at this point. I, I I would say they have because I think it premiered. I mean, like the pilot was last December and then it mm-hmm. really started airing, I think, around the same time as Severance, honestly, like I was saying earlier, like around February. And then a lot of people caught up with it over the spring and especially into the summer ahead of voting. And I think like I mean, it's everywhere, like in L.A., like there those signs about Abbott Elementary and Quinta specifically everywhere. And they've had events for it relentlessly. And I think you've seen critics really go to bat for it in a big way, too. And as for Modern Family and like a show like repeating, even when it's a bit more lukewarm, I it's tough to say because I think Modern Family also did that also had a social element that was really going well for it is that it was like representing the real new modern American family. Um, <laughs> And that definitely kept it afloat for a long time. Ted Lasso absolutely could repeat, but and I don't dismiss stats entirely. I've always said stats tell us some of the story, just not all of the story. And sure. that's why I, I use it to inform my decisions, but I don't, you know, I don't look to it as like a Bible. And that's why with Ted Lasso's nominations, I explain that as being more just people filling in the categories because they're watching less. And I also don't think it's winning much else besides Brett Goldstein. So I think that... Hey, you know what? Game of Thrones only needed to win Peter Dinklage to win drama series for its worst freaking season. And it too led in the yeah. nominations. So... 
with that season, I think it was about honoring the former legacy of the show overall. That was sure. How I no, no, on the it. way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right. So then I'm going to just so that, you know, because we're at the end here. It's the final category and I don't want to keep going in circles necessarily. <laughs> but I will just say this. If Ted Lasso does win. I don't want you to get upset about it. All right. Because I am going to say I told you so. That's okay. You know, and I, I do freely admit that. The, all the statistical arrows are pointing in Ted Lasso's direction. But, you know, that's the fun part of punditry is being able to guess the unguessable. And I think that sure. gut is telling me that the response to Abbott is to not be ignored and that it's bigger than just let's give Quinta Brunson one Emmy and be done with it. And you know what? If you guys are right and Abbott pulls it off, first of all, I'll be ecstatic as hell. I love Abbott Elementary. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be great. Second, I will totally accept, and I told you so, from <laughs> the three of you. All right? Okay. I, I, I just, uh, stats stats have saved my ass in the past, and <laughs> they've also bit, bit me yeah. in the ass before. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, does anybody have any parting thoughts before we go? Or you guys excited for the show? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- I I like a lot of the prospective winners, so I'm excited to see what they have to say. Me too. I'm uh, very disappointed that I will not be watching the show live this year. I'm heartbroken over this, actually. Because not only are the Creative Arts Emmys happening over the Telluride Film Festival, but then the Emmys themselves on September 12th are taking place during TIFF. Ah, yes. Oh, I won't be able to watch either. This little crossover period is hell for people who cover both film and television. Yep. (laughs) Which is why, Zoe, I'm thanking you in advance for (laughs) all the coverage that you're going to be helping Next Best Picture maintain during this very busy period of time. Of course. Um, Another just quick shout out. And Sarah, I think you will agree with me on this. Um, I really, really, really hope that Arcane wins Outstanding Animated Program. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to rewatch it soon, I think. So good. Uh, That's a category that we did not talk about. But I think out of everything in animation this year, that's the one that deserves to take it home. Mm hmm. Uh, And I guess because, uh, you know, we are who we are over here. Does anybody have any thoughts on the uh, TV movie category this year? (laughs) Okay, the fact that the fallout is not there is a travesty, first of all. When we let Reno 911 in, like, (sighs) so frustrating. But with that being said, I'm kind of pulling for Chippendale. (laughs) I would love if it was Chippendale so much. Just for the pure, like, ludicrousness (laughs) of it all. No, but it's actually legitimately good. <laughs> oh, I do like it, too. I just think it'd be so funny to hear them say, and the winner of Outstanding TV Movie is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It almost feels like it's going to be the Survivor by default. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree, Zoe. I would die if it was Chippendale <laughs> Rescue Rangers. I'd be so fucking happy. <laughs> I do. I, I That category just needs an overhaul. It needs to go away. Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, other than that, I don't have any other thoughts other than to say I hope everyone enjoys the show. I think Keenan Thompson is going to absolutely crush it as the host. And as far as like our reactions to the show, um, I do plan on recording something, hopefully, when I get back from Toronto. That is my plan. 
Uh, the Emmys are taking place on a Monday. Uh, I fly back Wednesday, so hopefully that same week we'll have something posted. It's going to be tough, though, because I'm not going to be able to watch the show live, so I'm going to be relying on whatever clips I can basically find on the internet to kind of try and piece everything together. So for all you that are able to watch it still during this time, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, you guys are able to bring a fresh perspective to our discussion about it. So that's that. Nadia, did your like heart like sink into your belly when (laughs) you realize it's taking place over Tiff? Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are they doing to us this year? My brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Nadia, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Nadia Reviews and on Instagram at Earth to Films. Sarah Clements. You can find me on Twitter at Mildred Spheres. Zoe Rose Bryant. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Zoe Rose Bryant. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 29 of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. And we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, let us know what you think of the show. Rate us five stars. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us, including our non-Emmys episodes for Next Best Series, which we do throughout the year once a month, where we talk about television shows that we have been watching during this time. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details